Welcome to This Week in Water for March 29th, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin. And I'm Jamie Sudler. And here are some of the stories from this week's news. Drive around New Mexico and chances are you will see a lot of chili for sale on the side of the roads. Big red strings of chilies. No wonder that chili is the state vegetable. Chili is so important culturally to New Mexico that it is even the subject of the official state question, red or green. But the state's chili production is falling and there is a lot of concern in the land of enchantment. About a decade ago, farmers in New Mexico grew about 100,000 tons of chili peppers, but last year only 65,000. One of the reasons for the reduction was the drought in the state, which is not looking any better this year. Farmers are now using much more groundwater, which contains more salinity. The additional salt from groundwater affects the yield of chili plants. But it would not be fair to base the entire reduction of the chili crop on the lack of surface water in New Mexico. The state also faces problems with the cost and availability of labor. Texas and Mexico are competing for workers who would be picking chilies in New Mexico, and the shortage is causing agricultural experts to develop machines that can pick the peppers. But even if mechanized pepper pickers are deployed, there will still be the problem of how to grow the chilies with less water this year. A flood of water wonks have streamed into southern Arizona over the past two weeks, and rightfully so. It's an historic time in the world of water. The Colorado River has begun pouring from Mexico's Morelos Dam near Yuma to moisten a barren delta that hasn't seen water for decades due to diversions and overuse. Water for the pulse flow began being released from Lake Mead behind Hoover Dam on March 23rd. It took a few days to travel the roughly 320 miles to the Morelos Dam, where Mexican and American dignitaries were waiting. On Thursday, they held a ceremony to mark the landmark agreement, which, on its fifth day, was at its climax of the experiment. The flow will taper to a lower volume for about eight more weeks. While the true outcome of the pulse flow is hard to predict, its significance for transboundary water cooperation is making waves. It has already been recognized by countries in Asia and Europe as a model to follow for binational partnership over shared rivers. These alliances will be key as nations look for ways to adapt to the growing effects of climate change. The Salt Lake Tribune reported last week that hikers discovered an oil spill that has contaminated a wash flowing into the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. The hikers took pictures of the spill and turned them into the Bureau of Land Management in Utah, which is in charge of the monument. The pictures showed sandstone walls and sandy beds all covered with a black substance. A BLM spokesman said that they are trying to learn what caused the spill, but the source may be an oil field about 10 miles away from where the hikers took the pictures. The field belongs to Citation Oil and Gas Corporation, which was cited about two years ago for a leak from the same field. An oil leak in a national park or waterway is required to be reported within 24 hours, but this one may have occurred quite some time ago, and nobody knew about it until the hikers saw the after effects. All of this raises the concern, as pointed out by grist reporter Heather Smith, that miles and miles of oil and gas pipelines are subject to rupture and spills, and no one might know about them. 
Are you frustrated about the news of NSA spying? One way to curb their activities might be to cut off their water, especially if you're in drought-stricken Utah, the second driest state in the nation. Utah is facing one of the worst droughts in recent history. Water levels have been below normal for three years in a row, and homeowners and businesses are facing stiff fines for watering lawns. The drought has also taken its toll on farmers who are switching their crops to grains, which require less water. Given these sacrifices, you might be frustrated to hear that the new National Security Agency's controversial data center got a massive discount to use essentially as much water as it wants without facing higher rates. In May of last year, Nate Carlisle, a reporter with the Salt Lake Tribune, wanted to know just how much water the data center was using, and furthermore, if they got a sweetheart deal from the nearby city of Bluffdale, which is supplying the water. Estimates have been ballparking the facility's water use at about 1.2 million gallons every day to cool an approximate 100,000 square feet of computer equipment. When Mr. Carlisle finally got a response from Bluffdale, the water usage data had been redacted. The NSA argued that the information requested would compromise national security, saying that water data could be used to extrapolate the electrical power usage and thus the computing power. On March 19th, the Utah State Records Committee disagreed. They ordered the city of Bluffdale to release its records. Representatives from the NSA did not testify at the hearing, nor did the city indicate whether or not it would appeal. Meanwhile, Utah lawmakers are threatening to cut off the center's water and cripple the NSA operations. Thirteen other states have taken up similar bills. Maryland's lawmakers set out to cut off the electricity and water to the NSA headquarters in Fort Meade. There, the NSA water bill was estimated to hit $2 million a year for 5 million gallons of water a day. And finally, if you think tumbleweeds only existed in the ghost towns of B-rate westerns, we've got news for you. Tumbleweeds are invading American cities. For the past two weeks, suburbs in Colorado Springs have been besieged by the iconic rolling shrubs. Homeowners have made 911 calls after tumbleweeds piled up on driveways and patios, trapping them in their homes. Others struggled to even find their houses, which were hidden behind thousands of tumbleweeds that had blown in from nearby fields. The shrubs have clogged streets and choked irrigation ditches and created piles that with one spark from a backfiring car or a tossed cigarette butt could unleash an inferno. While many different kinds of plants can form tumbleweeds, most of Colorado's come from the Russian thistle. Despite tumbleweed status as a symbol of the frontier, Russian thistle is actually an invasive plant that likely arrived in a shipment of flaxseed in the 19th century. According to Greg Cronin at the University of Colorado, recent droughts have given the Russian thistle a competitive advantage as they only need a very small amount of water to sprout. That and the recent fires have created an ideal habitat for the plant to thrive. The problem just isn't in Colorado either. Prolonged drought punctuated by bursts of high winds have created an explosion of tumbleweeds on the plains of New Mexico and in the Texas panhandle. So much for the romanticized tumbling tumbleweeds that Roy Rogers made famous.
tumbling down Pledging their love to the ground Lonely but free I'll be found Drifting along with a tumbling tumbleweed Cares of the past are behind This Week in Water is sponsored by Colorado Waterwise whose mission is to promote the efficient use of Colorado's water. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.